The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome Welcome. to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be be brave, and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome Welcome, welcome. to the Data Gurus Podcast. I have the great pleasure of having two amazing guests today on the episode of Data Gurus. I have Richard Thornton, who is the COO of Scent, and Greg Dunbar, who is the EVP of Enterprise Solutions at Scent. Welcome, you guys. Time to welcome this week's data guru. Thanks, Tina. Hi, Tina. Thank you very yeah. much for having us. Be on board. Yeah, yeah that's great. Thank you. And I know it's Friday, um, almost closing time there. So I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be on the podcast today. Sure. Looking forward to a uh, discussion. Yeah, let's get into it because, you know, I've had the fortune of kind of good fortune of seeing Scent evolve in the U.S. and understand kind of its history. But for, for listeners that are relatively new in the industry, I'd love to hear your perspective about Scent's roots and its evolution to date. Sure. So let me just start off by, I guess, explaining the business for for, for the listeners, certainly sure. those that perhaps are not aware of this in, in the industry. So um, Scent is a, a technology company um, headquartered in Stockholm. So our roots are, are here in Europe. Um, however, you know, we've built over the course of the past 20 years a, a, a global presence um, through our through our platform, which essentially uh, delivers solutions that um, help our clients and partners transform and, I guess, accelerate how they, they gather online survey data for insights. So um, our mission really is to, to simplify the, uh, the supply chain um, and ideally you know, drive the benefits of um, uh, that simplification to, to customers and partners. So, you know, smarter, uh, faster, sort of more cost-effective access to, to insights that, that hopefully drive better decisions as, as outcomes. Um, and I, I, I uh, think that, you know, central to that is, um, is the inside exchange, which I, I think most of the listeners that know us will, will primarily um, be, be aware of. It's, yes. it's really the panel marketplace that connects, I, I guess, simply put, marketers and, and researchers to our, our supply partners. Uh, and we do that via a suite of self-serve tools and then increasingly, um, uh, in this sort of programmatic world via uh, a set of APIs. So, so uh, driving, you know, more automated buying and, and, and selling um, through, through the platform. That's helpful. Thank you. And, and Richard, it, 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 the, the kind of the orientation initially was kind of built in Europe first, and then you expanded into uh, the U.S. market. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting history, actually. So uh, originally, um, our, our founder uh, was from uh, the, the sort of um, financial sector and, and had a background in trading. Okay. And he saw um, uh, an opportunity, actually, to uh, create a, um, you know, a platform and a, and a marketplace, which, um, first and foremost, um, you know, the ambition was to sort of um, I, I guess simplify um, an industry supply chain. Um, I think you know we're all aware that 
within market research, um, the supply chain is, 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 is fragmented. I think at times it's, it's, it's been sort of antiquated and, um, and, and, and relatively sort of um, inefficient. And, yes. and I think, you know, our, our founder, what, 20 years ago, saw a, a great opportunity to um, innovate and in a friendly way sort of, um, you know, disrupt the, the status quo. So uh, we were, you know, born out of Stockholm and then, you know, through the course of, uh, uh, sort of late 90s into 2000 and started to scale up across across EMEA and then sort of 2008 uh, since um, went out and did a series A round of funding so we had sort of VC ownership come into the business at that point and, and from there we really started to um, accelerate and, and, and grow the business expand it beyond you know the, the walls of EMEA into into the US we, we started Initially in Atlanta, where we still have an office today, uh, okay. which 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 is home to a development team, and then from there we you know we 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 just scaled it up um, into into the global business that that we have today, and um, uh, so the vision really has 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 sort of always been um, you know clear and, and and consistent. I think early on though the market perhaps wasn't necessarily ready for. For, 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 the, for the business model as, as it is today. So it's been a, a really interesting journey and, and quite a transformational one as well, both for us internally, but, but, but equally, you know, um, uh, within, within the market industry, uh, research industry as we know. So, um, you know, those, those principles that the business was found on are now, as I say, being realized and we're, 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 we're sort of um, doubling down on, on, on that vision from 20 years ago. That's exciting. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I completely agree with you. I think the uh, adoption of this type of sampling or platform is definitely um, more readily acceptable than probably more so than ever in the last five five to six years. Um, and, and it seems like it's I, an acceptable. Yeah, process. I think so. I mean, you know, we, we, we all talk to customers and, and partners daily. You go to industry events and you know the, the the narrative has changed. You know the, the the language has changed. The conversation has changed, and you, you know you now walk into uh, that environment, and you know automation, efficiency, programmatic, you know APIs, um, uh, you know optimization. These are all sort of key key buzzwords, and 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 actually go beyond just being buzzwords. I think they're now being you know realised through you know adoption of technology combined with you know, fantastic sort of industry talent, i.e. the people that need to sort of operate the, the, the machine, so to speak. And I think that's sort of come together both within our business, but more broadly in market research to sort of start reshaping and defining where the industry is today. Yep, I completely agree with you. And 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 Greg, you're, you are um, in charge of Enterprise Solutions and had a big announcement yesterday. So can you share with us a little <laughs> bit more about what that all means? Yeah, I guess uh, it's kind of the, the, the next evolution of our business. So um, my background, uh, I've spent the last uh, three years. I, I, I sort of say to people, uh, those that, that may uh, know me or have met me before, um, you know, I've said uh, uh, for the last three years that I'm, I'm new to this industry. Um, so my background sort of isn't, isn't market research. But uh, uh, up until um, kind of three years ago, uh, sorry, up until... Uh, the, the latest announcement, you know, I've been focusing on, on growing the, uh, the, the EMEA business. Um, and I, I joined um, uh, since actually um, 
not just to kind of grow uh, the uh, the EMEA business, but also to help uh, the business transform from being what I think historically uh, has been you know, quite a transactional uh, product to actually uh, evolving it into being a genuine SaaS platform to to help uh, transform uh, larger to the uh, to the fast growing and, and to the medium and large market research businesses um, you know, transform their operations actually help them kind of you know deliver wholesale uh, operational transformation with with our platform. So um, so I think you know what's first quite important to to recognise when we talk about enterprise actually is just to be really clear. Um, you know, what we mean by that, because that, that word means you know, very different uh, things to, to, to different people. And what we mean by that, it, it's not a big shift in, in strategy. Synth is very much focused on uh, working with market research uh, businesses, market researchers. So we're not um, sort of you know, changing that strategy and, and, and going after end clients or uh, enterprise brands. This is actually okay. more about this is, this is more about using uh, our platform and our tools that, that Richard just talked about, the tools that have been sort of evolved over 20 years, um, to actually uh, use that as a, as, a, as a SaaS platform to help drive um, transformation you know, beyond uh, perhaps the sort of what has now become you know, uh, DIY into more programmatic, fully automated end-to-end solutions. So, so does so that take... I guess the, Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I guess the question is, you know, what, what does that actually mean, right? So, yeah, so I should be clear. So, I guess for us, it's about two things. Right? First of all, we're, we're launching um, uh, an evolution of our, of our existing uh, platform. So, we're delighted to uh, announce uh, the launch of Access Enterprise. Um, for anybody who is familiar with our, our existing um, product, Access Pro, really is an evolution of that, but it's um, evolving the tool set and the roadmap to enable uh, our market research customers to actually manage their entire supply chain in one place. Okay. Um, now, there'll be sort of features around user management, you know, some private marketplaces and certain reporting requirements, but it's it's an evolution of, of our core of our core platform. Got it. Um, and then the second thing is, is kind of putting a, a dedicated team around that. So, um, you know, having the technology uh, is really only um, you know, one one part of that. You know, great great technology and having the ability to do that is is, is important. Um, but just as important, you know, the to to deploy uh, you know uh, a, a platform like this um, in a way to to really actually sort of you know generate wholesale transformation. You actually need a lot more than just technology. You need um, you know uh, some process reengineering. You may need um, you know, best practices around user adoption, um, integration support, um, you know, lots of uh, bespoke um, support requirements as well. So, so that's what we're doing. We're building out a team to better support our customers and our partners in, in making uh, that transition. Got it. So would you actually go into a research agency, market research agency, and, and kind of look at the operational infrastructure and advise and consult in terms of how to kind of evolve their operational practices and, and then determine how the Scent solution could help. It, it, yeah, do you that, take it that far? That, that's exactly, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's exactly right. I guess, I guess another question might be, you know, what, where does that need come from? Because we're really what we're, we're I think, really responding to, to demand. And 
as I say, so three years into to this industry, you know, I um, I, I joined when I did my sort of due diligence to, to come to Sprint. I, I thought, right, you know, first of all, great technology, um, you know, great technology, great people, but but actually, really important is the market that it's in. Is the market really kind of ready for this? Sure. And and th- three years ago, I would say, you know, fifty percent of my job, um, you know, running uh, the Amir business was actually, you know, as Richard said earlier, trying to convince customers that automation was a good way to go actually that it that it was beneficial and, and not a negative thing um three years on i think that's really changed and and that that is no longer a question you know i think uh, it's fair to say it's now mostly more about how and when uh, mm-hmm. they will they will automate not not kind of whether they will will automate but but again, going back to our evolution, you know, we uh, were early pioneers in you know, DIY and, and generating kind of large audiences through a, an, an exchange platform. But having a large audience and a DIY front end is, is no longer unique enough, right? And there are, there are obviously lots of players now with, with DIY tools. So I think if you're a larger or, or a sort of fast-growing, um, you know, or a tech-enabled market research business, Using multiple suppliers with multiple DIY tools, I can see the headache. Right, you don't want to sponsor your team to have to use five or six DIY right. tools. That that just doesn't. That's just not efficient. So what yep. we're seeing is, is is these these companies now starting to think, like, how do we actually pull that all together? Can we use the the APIs that exist? You know, can we overlayer that with a piece of technology? And a lot of them have been you know looking to try and build that. So. So really with our enterprise solution, what we're saying is don't build that. You know, we've spent 20 years evolving this technology and we're moving away from, you know, being very heavily tied to our open exchange sample and saying, look, use this technology in its own right instead of building this stuff to pull together all of your samples into one place. Okay. That that helps a lot. Thank you. That that's uh so basically it it's one stop shopping in terms of sampling, right? Regardless of what your practice is, the Sint platform enables a customer to be able to manage all the disparate pieces in the Sint in the Sint platform. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. And 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 sort of drawing on our APIs to, yep. to put in, you know, other 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 sample sources and yeah. And I guess I guess a world where we actually have one API and one set of definitions is never going to happen. Is, is that true? Like, uh, it, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's kind of like, it's kind of like API 2.0, I think. Yeah. Um, again, my, my experience is, um, you know, I've, I've sort of been through this in, in previous world in, in media and I've seen it happen in, in telecommunications as well and, you know, trying to integrate solutions. Right. Um, and, and and just even talking about APIs can mean so much, so many different things to different people. Yeah. You talk about integrating sample and driving sample programmatically through a set of APIs. What does that actually mean? And I think for me, what's more important is stepping back from that and thinking, what are we actually trying to achieve? What are the efficiencies we're trying to drive? What's the solution? What are the outcomes we're trying to drive? Um, because really, you know, uh, what you can do with APIs can be can be you know widely different and, and, and regarded differently by, by by different customers. So, can we get to a unified API? Was that was that the point? Was that the yeah? Question? I mean, I, I'm being a little bit facetious because it feels like we've been talking about it for a long time, and it's and it's difficult. I mean, <laughs> if it was easy, we would have done it already as an industry. Um, but it, it feels like everybody has their own definition of how they look at the world. And so customization and the ability to be able to manage all those different um, protocols 
it, it seems like the solution that ultimately we're going to drive towards versus trying to have a universal API. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting point. You know, I, I mean, standardization, as you said, has been a, a sort of bugbear of uh, the, the sort of industry for, for, for too long. Um, yes. But it's not insurmountable. I mean, you only need to look at you know, um, other, other industries, you know, such as advertising or the, the financial industry, even in travel, where you know, the industry collectively has, has sort of um, come together and they have driven standards within that vertical and they've worked together. And I, I do think, I do think actually, um, forever the optimist, of course, but I do believe that we are starting to see sort of less of this walled garden yes. uh, approach actually also within market research. I mean, you, you look around today and, 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 and see the sort of, uh, you know, amount of collaboration and, and mm -hmm. partnership announcements and, and the willingness, I think, increasingly for, you know, all the stakeholders in the, in the sort of insights value chain to come together and, and, and at least, you know, uh, be more open about, about, you know, creating these standards because, because I think everyone's realizing that, you know, to, to sort of survive and, and even thrive in this sort of digital world, you know, you need, you need, you need better automation, you need better tools, you need, you need scale. And, and, you know, uh, all of these requirements, you know, the prerequisite is to have standards. Um, you have to have standardization, as you say, of protocols, of, yeah. of, 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 of um, API, a, API queries, um, you know, whatever the area is of the supply chain, um, you can only, you can only really scale and keep pace if you have that standardization. So I'm, I'm still optimistic that there will be a, a breakthrough. Um, mm -hmm. although, as you say, it has been like pulling out teeth over the last 24 months, um, just sort of following some of the, the, the dialogue, because at some point, you know, I think we all need to put our heads, you know, uh, you know, above water and, and, and just sort of, um, uh, yeah, sort of take a t t take a bet on this, and it will be for the greater good of the industry as well. Yeah. I, I think it will be a, a sort of collective gain um, that the, the benefits us all. I agree with you. And I, I am also ever optimistic as well. Um, I, I lean towards that. So um, maybe maybe that day will come or that time period will come in our industry. So let's switch gears a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about automation, efficiency, excuse me, and um, innovation. And the other large part of the conversation is respondent experience. Uh, it, it feels like we have these two conversations. And are they... Are, are they opposing arguments? Are we, through automation and through programmatic sampling, are we hurting the respondent experience? Are we making it better? What's your perspective on that? This is a, it's a good question. Um, something in full transparency we, we wrestle with a lot internally. Okay. I, I think it's fair to say. You know, it's, it's, it, it's one of the, the sort of areas of business where, First of all, it touches, you know, so many parts of the overall research process. Um, some of which, you know, I, I think are within our circle of control and, and, and some of which aren't. And, and, right. and I think it's that sort of latter sort of area that can be, frankly, you know, frustrating at times, particularly mm -hmm. for those that play on the supply side of the, the industry. Because, you know, for, for respondent engagement and respondent experience to be, to be to be improved, you, you clearly need you know all of the um, the value chain to, to you know to play a role in, in in driving that. So you know from survey design, survey creation through to 
areas like routing, quota management, project closing, you know, all the way through, frankly, to sort of incentive and, and reward management. And and unless you have, you know, that that sort of universal buy, it's it, it's very very difficult to drive that that, that mm-hmm. consistent respondent experience. Um, so so clearly, you know, we tend to focus on um, what's within our sort of um, circle of influence and and I think you know um, equally try and work with partners and customers in terms of the the other areas that are on the um, periphery but it's but it's difficult I mean again it comes back also to having a lack of standards so you know profiling um, is, right. is, 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 is a great example where you know depending on who a buyer goes to you know but the the, um, the, the profiling you know, questions and attributes will, will be fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. And it means that when you put respondents into a survey invite and then into a routing uh, environment, you know, um, the, the experience can become relatively lousy for, for, a, for, a, um, yeah, for, for, for an individual trying to, um, you know, get into a survey right. um, because they're, they're sort of routed into this never-ending sort of loop of, screening questions and, and, uh, and profile, you know, profile questions. And it's just, it's just a bad experience. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think as an industry, actually, um, we can learn a lot from, you know, looking at, you know, e-commerce and, and, and from working more with UX uh, designers as well and, and thinking really about, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, the sort of narrative and, and storytelling of, of, of surveys. Um, but that it has to start with those, you know, who, who hold the, you know, the purse strings and work right. with the MRAs to sort of design the surveys. Because if we get it right, I think, at the front end, then it makes it far easier to bring into this sort of non-standardized environment uh, that is the sort of supply chain um, in, in terms of um, getting surveys into the, into the, sorry, getting panelists into the surveys for, for completion. Um, but again, you know, there's been a lot of investment in this area. Mm-hmm. Gamification, I think, has, has been a good thing. Um, it appears to be uh, more widely adopted now, although, you know, pragmatically, you know, how, how does it play into pressures on budgets and, and speed to launch? Um, you know, I think that's still still questionable. Um, um, but, but as I say, I think we try and sort of standardise what we can within our own platform um, from a respondent perspective and then, you know, have an aim of, I guess, reducing the time and overall burden on a on a respondent um, uh, in terms of that, in terms of that flow, and then the other piece to this, I think, is um, is, is obviously thinking about you know the value exchange. So sure. the value exchange between you know the buyer and the seller, but but, but clearly the respondent plays a, a sort of fundamental role in the entire entire process. So so what is appropriate uh, in terms of that value exchange, um, and clearly you know incentivisation reward. Comes into that, but it's it's not only it's not only the you know the key factor. So a lot a lot here. It's, it's complex. Yeah. Um, it's 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 partly within our control, partly not. Yep. Uh, but but definitely an area where I think the industry has 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 um, has lacked in, in terms of innovation and 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 also in comparison to to, to, to other industries. And and do you guys actually measure? Uh, you probably have a lot of metadata that that speaks to length of interview and and dropout rates and termination. Like, do you guys track that at a at a metadata level to say, okay, we're moving the needle, things are getting better, or is it is it is it too difficult to do that at this point? Um, we we do. I mean, 
should appreciate with a with a, being a being a platform and, and effectively a, a sort of cleaning house of, of right. sorts. We, we we clearly see a huge amount of transactions flow through yeah. the platform, um, and and um, and so we're able to actually look at this from top down. Okay. Um, uh, and also um, bottom up because the model is built at a respondent level um, on a unique basis. So, so yeah, we do have a, a huge amount of sort of data that we're we're able to sort of mine and, and glean sort of um, insights from in terms of respondent behaviour, you know, uh, respondent conversion. Um, you know, can sort of run a lot of quality metrics off that, but also sort of A/B testing in terms of. Um, you know, fine tuning the sort of either the routing experience or the you know the survey the survey invitation sort of um, template, and um, all the way through to you know appropriate sort of incentives and rewards for you know different types of surveys by by you know length or category or or you know even time of day or week depending on you know d- d- depending on sort of the market and um, and, the, and the type of surveys we're running. So. Um, can, 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 can be better, can be yep. at times more scientific, but I, mm-hmm. but I think we try and do, as I'm sure many do, um, invest in this area to, to kind of really try and improve what the, what the experience looks like from a, a, a respondent's perspective. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's, at least it's a start, right? Because if, if we actually have hard data that supports um, the, the, the importance of that respondent experience, not just from an incentive point of view, but from a questionnaire design and overall user experience, at least there's some hard data to look at versus, you know, more qualitatively and in- intuition saying this is not a good experience. Um, so, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm a firm believer yeah. of uh, you got to measure what you want to manage to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's switch gears. Uh, just t- talk, talk to us a little bit. I want, uh, how would you guys describe the since since culture towards innovation? Like, how do you actually innovate within a global company? Richard, do you want me to, do you want me to try and uh, try and kick off on, on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think again, you know, sort of being a little bit newer newer to this. Um, for me, innovation is is kind of really important. You know, Richard talked a bit about our core pillars, uh, the core pillars of our, our, our sort of value proposition earlier being um, you know, speed and efficiency and reach. But the, the fourth pillar of that for us is is innovation. Okay. Um, and and it kind of as a platform, I think it's one of the key things that we're trying to actually provide our our, our customers and partners. We, you know, we put innovation at the core of everything we, we do, and and you know, um, you know, all of our customers and partners are thinking about how they innovate. And, and innovating in the future, I, I think, is going to just get more and more complex as you start to bring together more you know, different data sources. Different technologies, you know, um, for a lot of um, our customers, it's, it, that's going to become exponentially uh, challenging. I think to, to stay innovative, and so sure. part of being a platform, I think, is really important that we we help our customers be be sort of fast and efficient, but that we actually also kind of you know invest in in innovation and and kind of almost bring that to them as as a service. Um, now that doesn't mean that we always that we always have the answer. So you know, I think um, you know we we then have to think about ourselves. You know, what innovation in the market do we want to build? Actually, you know, it's kind of the same the other way around. What do we what do we want to build and invest in? What do we perhaps want to partner on? Sure. Um, and and you know, and is there new you know technology that we might want to kind of uh, you know acquire? Um, you know, or, or buy in ourselves. So so 
you know, the same advice we give our customers. I think we think we have to take that advice ourselves. So, so I guess um, in the, our, our, you know, we, because we put it at the, at the center of what we do, we have a chief innovation officer. So it's kind of has you know senior uh, focus from from the top of the business. Right. Uh, as I say, some you know, some topics we we have that are sort of more of a watching brief and um, you know important. I think will will ultimately play a role in our, our business in the future. Things like like blockchain, which I know is obviously a, a big uh, topic right now, mm-hmm. um, that you will expect you know likely to to play a role in, in our business. Um, uh, but there's other, uh, you know, kind of macro trends, uh, you know, what's happening with Google, Amazon, mm-hmm. Facebook, how that impacts, um, you know, the sort of future of path to purchase and, and uh, you know, media measurements and, and, and those kind of products. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so, so you know, we, we uh, have a team of people focused on this in Stockholm. We run regular hackathons in terms of kind of building innovation into our own platform. But um you know but but uh, i think a lot of it is about tracking the trends and then being quite ruthless about actually making sure we understand the solution and we're ahead of the curve in terms of what our customers are actually going to need and what what's sort of practical in, in the short term but then being ruthless about what we what we try and build uh, and what we partner with uh you know where we want to partner where we want to acquire because there is so much opportunity i think that's actually kind of to be the hardest piece there's so much opportunity to innovate so you, you have to actually be you know really super focused and understand i think the role that you play as a business um you know in in, in that innovation yeah i totally agree i think it, I, I think there is so much room to innovate there's also sometimes i also say there's so much room to get distracted um but it yeah, is important exactly. <laughs> it is important to keep track of it to ensure how it fits into the the overall business. Um, Greg and Richard, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on the podcast. And I look forward to keeping in touch and having you guys back as guests in the near future. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus Podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.datagurusspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.datagurusspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.